اوكي اياك اياك كنايه عن اسم الله واتس كنايه هاو دو يو ترانسليت ذات نوت ان انالوجي بات ات بيسكلي مينز سمثينغ ذات ستاند سيمبوليكلي ان بليس اوف سمثينغ ايلس كنايه عن اسم الله سو اياك مينز يو بيسكلي نعبد اياك نعبد واياك نستعين what we're going to talk about particularly is na'bud 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 comes from abada the root is abada al-ibada the act of ibada means khudu' ta'a wa taqarrub khudu' ta'a wa taqarrub khudu' submission ta'a obedience taqarrub to be close to نعبد إياك نعبد وإياك نستعين نستعين means we seek your assistance help us but you we owe the act of عبادة عبادة itself connotes submission drawing near obedience actively actively if you do it out of habit then it is no longer i bad so in arabic language if i love a woman and this is in arabic poetry you you, you see this and you come and say abudik it means i am actively enthralled by you if what i feel is a sense of habitual attachment then is no longer you cannot use abudik in that sense that's why when you want to reflect upon a point you say ta'abbattu bihi you want to say i i reflected upon something i reflected upon an idea So you say, تعبدت به means what? I reflected, I thought about it. If you simply exercised your habit in the matter, you can't say تعبدت به. تعبدت به means I actively reflected upon. When you read Islamic law, it would say, وَبِالْتَعَبُّدِ نَصِلْ إِلَى Upon reflection, we reach the point. meaning that once you think about it from you you reach such and such point if you simply follow the habit as to this matter you can't use the word abud so iyyaka na'bud that means active submission and drawing near not out of habit but out of active consideration this is then fascinating because it's not that you submit note here what is starting to emerge to you and i hope it's starting to emerge to you is you have an active god who is caretaker upbringer brings you up raises you 
you have an active universe that is united through the act of God. Rabbul Alameen. You have an active reconstruction of reality. Active understanding of reality in the notion of Alameen. And an active submission. There is nothing static about this. Nothing static about the Fatha. It does not connote a mundane static state of events. It should not be read in the same bore, in the boring tone that it's usually read in. It is actually connoting something active, combusting, exploding with energy. It's obvious, that point is obvious when you say Nasta'in, assist, I, I, I implore your assistance. Can you implore someone assist, someone's assistance out of habit? You can't. It's no longer asking for assistance. If I, as a matter of habit, send you a note every month asking your help, it's, it's nothing. It's not i'ana anymore. Nasta'in, even the verb form used, is active. It's active tone. We, it's as if we continuously seek the assistance. Note here, this is an interesting point. Every time Salah is mentioned in the Quran, Salah is what? We call Salah what? Ibadah, right? Worship. Every time Salah is mentioned in the Quran, it is mentioned in an active role. Inna salata tanha anil fahsha'i wal munkar. Tanha anil fahsha'i wal munkar. Forbids the corrupt and evil. Inna al insana khuliqa halu'a. Iza mastahu sharr jazu'a. وَإِذَا مَسَّهُ الْخَيْرُ مَنُوعًا إِلَّا الْمُصَلِّينَ Active voice again. Human being has been created, created despairing. If he's touched by good, إِذَا مَسَّهُ الْخَيْرُ مَنُوعًا He doesn't want to give. إِذَا مَسَّهُ الْخَيْرُ مَنُوعًا وَإِذَا مَسَّهُ الْشَرُ جَزُوعًا Panics if evil befall him. Except those who pray. Every time Salah, and you go check it in the Quran, every time Salah is mentioned, it is mentioned in an active role. Either forbidding something, preventing something, doing something. Salah is never mentioned in a non-active verb form. Grammatically, you will always find Salah mentioned in the Quran in an active verb form. As an active force and an active using active verb forms in an active verb form sentence structure. Now you couple this with the idea of na'bud as not an act of habit, but an act of active submission, and that's why atabadubir means I think about it, I reflect on it. Then it strikes you. Worship cannot be out of habit. Prayer cannot connote an act of passive repetition. That's why الَّذِينَ هُمْ عَنْ صَلَاتِهِمْ سَاهُونَ 
فهون forgetful forgetful connotes an, an act of inactivity in other words you, you, you just don't think about something so prayer is constantly actively doing something the very act of worship is not out of habit now bring this back again bring this back to the notion of that those who, most of those who believe, believe out of habit. Not, not out of iman. That you believe, most of those who believe, believe out of habit. Because they grew up as such. Now, if they believe out of, out of habit, then the alameen is not reoriented in their in their soul according to criteria that Allah imposes on you or Allah gives you but according to criteria that are irrelevant but are more in allegiance to the habit that's very interesting in other words then the according your orientation of reality is not according to the criteria that Allah gives you but according to the criteria of the habit which you grew up in Again, if fully understood, things start shifting completely around you. Your world should be altering. The Prophet is reported to have said, "Man lam tanhahu salatuhu anil fahshai wal munkar izdada min Allahi bu'dan." That's quite fascinating, and this hadith is quite solid in terms of transmission. من لم تنهه صلاته عن الفحشاء والمنكر ازداد من الله بعدا that whose prayer does not prevent him or her from فحشاء and منكر corruption and wrongdoing drifts further away from Allah it is not that he disobeys Allah is that he drifts further away from Allah because here prayer and ibadah is not an active force it's not an active element it is passive when it's passive it's out of habit a person is praying a person is praying but committing acts of corruption or sin and we're not talking fahsha and munkar. It's not small sins like, you know, I, um, you know, small sins that human beings commit. But it is the, the, the major sins. And you do find Muslims like that, by the way. The conference of the books, the latest issue is about like that. You will find Muslims who pray and, and, and pray five times a day and do the strangest things in the world. Like becoming having uh, sexual relations that they're not supposed to have and things like that. I mean, you find this in the United States all over the place. They commit the fahsha and munkar despite of their prayer. Aha. Uh-huh. So, then, their prayer is out of habit, not out of any sense of conviction. Then why is it that this fact brings them further away from God? Why isn't it such simply a neutralizing effect? Why is it that it brings them away further from God? 
Because the hadith says, Izdada min Allahi bu'dan. It's as if continuing to pray takes him away from God further. Because they are constructing reality, constructing al-alameen. They are constructing it on rotten premises. Not on neutral, not on simply wrong premises. And we'll see this in waladhaleen. We'll talk about this again. In other words, their construction of what is going on is auspiciously moral in the Islamic sense of moral. They believe that they're okay. But what, which is worse? To be diseased and say, listen, I know I, I have this disease, but I'm living with it. And I refuse to, to see, to, you know, I'm living with it. Or to be diseased and believe that in fact your disease is a form of very excellent health. That is the notion. That here, re, their belief, their salah comes in and gives them a self-righteous sense of, I'm okay, this is good. That is absolute corruption. And that's why hypocrisy is a subject of such intense attention in the Quran. The idea of hypocrisy. Is it possible for someone to be entirely consistent? I mean, are we saying that the only way if that you pray, then you... No, we're talking about fahsha and munkar. Fahsha and munkar. And وَلَمْ تَنْهَهُ صَلَاتُهُ عَنِ وَالْمُنْكَرِ Means that your prayer doesn't give you cause to, to, to stop, to say, what am I doing? If you might weaken still, you might still weaken, that's a different matter, and that, that we'll talk about much later. But the fact is, come say, what am I doing? What is this? And it comes a point where you say, I can't go on like this. Now, we, we won't get into this right now, but often they come, you know, you, you find some young person, or not so young even, I mean, I've had people with 50, 40s and 50s come and say, well, I'm doing this, should I stop praying? I don't want to be a hypocrite. Should I just stop praying? I one case I remember, a man who was married, prayed five times a day, had an affair with another woman, and came and said, you know, and it had, he had three kids as well. And he said, should I stop praying? This is law now. So we, and we said we're not talking about law. But for reasons I will not get into, my advice to, to that man was, no, don't stop praying. Maybe your prayer will remind you of something and you'll come back. But you must know that you have no choice but to continue praying. And as you pray, you in fact are damning yourself further. You have no choice because if you stop praying, it's gone. It's like turning off the, the life support the, the life support system. But as you pray, you're 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 doubling your amount of sins with untold frequency. Anyway, then the important idea the na'bud is active. And please, as we said, this halakha, these halakhas are offered 
primarily for self-reflection and self-jihad and self-purification. So we should all really reflect upon the implications of all of this uh, in, in, in an active fashion. Ihdina al-sirat al-mustaqim. Ihdina comes from the word hada. Hada connotes the notion or the idea of being granted as if in a moment, as if finding something. When you find something, what happens? There is a moment in time where you find it. Can you find something where in a moment you don't find it? You find it. In a moment you find it. So when you say, اِهْتَدَيْتُ إِلَى هَذِهِ الْفِكْرَةِ means, I discovered the idea. اِهْتَدَيْتُ it means as, as if I was led to it, and then, aha, that's the thought. I found the thought. Or, you could say, hadiyah. Why do we say, it? why do we call it hadiyah? Hadiyah, gift. Why do we call it hadiyah? It's, it's given at a moment. It's like, it is a finding of a moment. It is not something you own. It is something that is given to you. Now, ihdina sirat. Some readings, it's ahdina. Ihdina, ahdina. Ihdina sirat al-mustaqim. Is the sirat, before we start talking about the sirat, is the sirat a gift? Yes, it is a gift. But does it necessarily connote your lack of involvement with the attainment of this gift no it doesn't in other words I can when I say I found this idea it could mean that I was looking for it for a while and then I found it in fact when you say I found the implication is, is that you were looking The implication is you're looking, not necessarily, not necessarily, because I could find something without looking for it. But notion, but usually if we weren't looking for it, we, we say, well, I fell upon it. I mean, sort of like fell, but we could still say fine. Anyway, so does it imply that you were given it without any involvement on your part? No, it doesn't. Does it imply the opposite? That you were working and looking for it when you found it. No, it doesn't. Does it imply it's a gift? Yes, it does. So, is it possible that you be a person not looking for the guidance, but be given it? Yes, it's possible. Is it possible that you are a person that looks and was looking and be given it? Yes, it's possible. Is it possible for someone to have been very evil, for example, very corrupt, and have a dream and wake up, and after that dream change their life? Yes, it's possible. It happens all the time. Or they have a single near-death experience, and they change all their life. Yes, it's possible. It happens all the time. But at the same time, is it possible that someone would be agonizing, looking for, the, for, for something, and then they find Allah? Yes, it's possible. It happens all the time. Ihdina itself leaves the two possibilities open. 
Now, why would someone be given it and another person work for it? That's a different matter altogether. It's a different matter altogether. If we are looking for logical connections, any logical connection must assume a complete set of facts. Because if I, for example, have students, and one student comes and says, I need an extra day for my paper, and I say yes. Another student comes and say, and I say no. Unless you know pretty much how I evaluate the precedence, the quality, the performance, the character, the attitude, the temperament of the student, you really can't understand the decision. You see? I mean, it is not simply one student is nice, one student is bad. One student is good, one student is bad, or one student is nice and one student is mean. There are all types of factors that go in into a decision whether to give a student an, an extension or not. Whether to show mercy or not. Sometimes the factors are things that you might not appreciate. I have a student that, miss, that has missed all the semester, or most of the semester. But the only way she can come to class is to bring her child to class. A mere balance of harm and good might tell me, you know, let me decide. Don't come to class, listen to class on tapes, because it is too disruptive to have the child. It's a decision that you could agree or disagree with. But it is a decision that has its reasons that you cannot be privy to unless you know all the facts. Do you see what I'm saying? Okay. So why should one person be given it? Why should a person work for it? We, we talk about what elements go. In other words, what did God tell us about what goes into this process? But we can never know exactly why the decision was made in one way or the other. Now... Then we come to the extremely significant idea of Al-Sirat Al-Mustaqim. Because you know what? The whole Fatha, Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim, Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen, ar-Rahman ar-Rahim, Maliki Yawmiddin, Iyaka na'abudu wa Iyaka nasta'in. All of it is descriptive. The point where you start asking, the point of all of this is as if you go in front of someone and you say, Oh, my dear friend, my most honest and glorious friend, I have loved you for many, many years. And then finally you get to the point. Well, this is the point. Because by the name of God, the most merciful, so on, so on, so on, so on. Descriptive, descriptive, descriptive. And then finally you're getting to the request. And that is why Ihdina Sirat al-Mustaqim becomes so significant. Al-Sirat Mushtaq min Mustarati Ta'am What's Mustarati Ta'am? Mushtaq means extracted comes from Mustarat al-Ta'am Mustarat al-Ta'am ay mamar al-Ta'am fi al-Khalq so a sirat is extracted from a word used by Arabs called mustarak, mustarak at the passage for food. 
the most superficial level, if we were doing Quran 101, I would tell you there are four main views at to what Sirat is. If we were doing Quran 101. I would tell you that the Sirat, some have said, some like uh, Ali, Imam Ali, wa Abdullah ibn Umar, son of Umar, had said that Sirat is the Quran. In other words, lead us to the Quran. Guide us to the Quran. By the gift. Tell us, give us the Quran. Jabir bin Abdullah wa Muhammad ibn al-Hanafiya said, no, as-sirat is Islam. Guide us to Islam. Ibn, Ibn Abbas, the famous companion, this is the third view, said, as-sirat is at-tariq al-hadi ila Allah. The, the, the road that leads to God. Al-Hasan al-Basri, the famous jurist and theologian, said, it's Rasulullah, the Prophet. So four main views. Ali wa Abdullah, Ali ibn Abi Talib and Abdullah ibn Umar, Abdullah son of Umar, said the Surat is the Quran. Uh, second view, Jabir ibn Abdullah wa Muhammad ibn al-Hanafiyya said the Surat is Islam. Third view said, that's the view of Ibn Abbas, Surat is the, the, the road to Allah. Al-Hasan al-Basri said that Al-Sirat is the Prophet of Allah. Guide us to the way of the Prophet, to the Sunnah of the Prophet, in other words. That's the view of Hassan al-Basri. Nonetheless, this is Quran 101. Why? Because all of these views, all four views, are telling you ultimately what Al-Sirat is in an ultimate fashion but not allowing you to understand the nature of a sirat. Now, note here, a sirat al-mustaqim. Mustaqim means straight. Sirat means passage. But mustaqim doesn't mean straight in a linear fashion. Doesn't mean straight because if you think of our passage here, it is not necessarily straight in a linear fashion. How is the passage of food? The passage of food curves like that. So it is not necessarily straight in a linear fashion or in a one-dimensional fashion. It's straight in the sense that it leads to something. Mustaqim comes from the word Qawwama or Qama, which does not connote a single straightness or straight, strictly or mechanically straight passage, but something that in its generality, in its generality, leads somewhere. Sirat itself, which we said from Mustarat al-Ta'am, note 
When we say mustarat at'am, the passage that food takes into the stomach, that passage itself first goes through the lips, which clinch, then the teeth, which grind, then the tongue, which directs, then the muscles uh, of uh, what do you call these muscles in English? The, uh, the ones that actually do the swallowing. The initial swallowing. Anyway. These early muscles which then put, starts pushing the food. The passage itself does not need to be smooth. But could be actually quite wavy, for a lack of a better term. I mean, it could be quite wavy with all types of other elements such as saliva and so on and so forth. So, does the sirat, sirat means that it, it leads somewhere, but does the sirat itself need to be smooth sailing? No. No. In fact, the sirat could be quite bumpy. In other words, you could have a road that's going to take you to where you want to go, but the road is bumpy. It's Mursurat and it's Mustaqeem. The bumpiness, there's a variety of reasons for this, are the trials and errors. How do we know this? Because the Quran, Allah tells you that no one will reach the ultimate purpose of Allah without being tested. No one. أَحَسِبْتُمْ أَن تَقُولُوا آمَنَّا do you think you will, you will be left to say we believe without testing you? Then these tests are part of the passage. The bumpiness of the road are a part of the trip you're going to take. Very much like if you can imagine yourself a particle of food. I mean, and for some reason you're, this particle of food maintains consciousness. And you make the trip from the mouth, from the lips, <coughs> down to the stomach. Do you think your assessment of that trip is going to be, oh, it was so smooth? Your assessment is going to be, uh, yeah, I was directed towards the goal, but it was quite bumpy. I went through teeth, I went through tongues, I went through muscles doing things, that, you know. So, often nowadays, Muslim, you find this rather bizarre idea that the straight path is a path of vegetative stability, sort of being brain dead, stability, you sort of go on cruise, the straight path is devoid of tensions, devoid of bumpiness and ups and downs, far from it, Mustarat al-Ta'am, Mustarat al-Ta'am in itself, tells you what the nature of the word is, the nature of the word is this bumpiness that you're going to go through. Again, imagine yourself a particle of food. Your assessment is not going to be, this was, a, this was a smooth sailing or an easy ride. It was quite a bumpy ride. I ended up somewhere, but it was bumpy. Consequently, the mustarat or the sirat is to be expected to be trying, to be full of, of, of tests, are full of, of mihan. Mihan means calamities or, or, or points of um, 
true tests and full of these ups and downs. But what you are asking for is that it would be mustaqim, that it would lead you somewhere at the end. Because you could be bumping up and down, up and down, and then go off somewhere to the side. Right? Does it mean that the path is always in the exact same steps? This would be as insane as saying every particle of food that goes down your throat goes down in exactly the same way. You know as well as I do that sometimes you swallow something and you feel that it hurts. And despite of the fact that you swallow the same things, I mean, you'll take a pill, and one time the pill will sort of, you'll feel it going down, and another time you don't, you, you don't know where the heck it went. Sort of, you can't believe you actually swallowed it. Things don't take the same path. It, yes, they the all go the same direction, but not necessarily exactly the same path. Again, goes back to the idea of the, the expectation in contemporary Islam in which the, the surat is not only a vegetative state of non-thinking, but even more is this idea of it being exactly the same. All of us are replicas of each other's experiences